Support for MindShift comes from Landmark College, offering a fully online graduate-level certificate in learning differences and neurodiversity programs. Visit landmark.edu slash certificate to learn more. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, MindShift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hi, podcast fans. Ki Sung here with Stories Teacher Share from MindShift and KQED. Today, I want to share something with you from our friends at Mortified. For those who don't know Mortified, it's a live show, podcast, and documentary film showcasing adults on stage reading from journals created in their youth. It gets really awkward and funny. Recently, I heard this one episode of the podcast about a teacher's pet that I really loved, and I hope you like it too. I'm going to play that for you next, but please be sure to stick around after because we have a surprise for you. Ready to get mortified? Here's host Dave Nadelberg. You've been listening to our special Mortified Mixtape celebrating teachers' pets. Side B. Similar to Carmen, Patrick was consumed with impressing a teacher, but whereas Carmen was focused on getting straight A's, Pat wanted another kind of an A, an ally. In elementary school, um, you know, I was sort of in this awkward stage in my life where I didn't really quite fit into any particular group. I was a lot taller than everyone else, so I was probably about six foot. And I had glasses and braces, and and so I, I was just picked on a lot. And, you know, I kind of spent a lot of time to myself uh, doing schoolwork. Because, you know, the teachers, they're, they're sort of required to be nice to you. And, and the teachers were really the only people I had. Here's Patrick reading aloud a diary that chronicled his quest to find a friend in middle school, recorded on stage at Gallery 788 in Baltimore. So uh, to paint a picture for y'all, Mr. Robert was my sixth grade science teacher, and he just had it all going for him. He was just so cool and hip and a total guy's guy, and basically everything that I wasn't. In middle school, we had a ninth period study hall. This is when all of us were meant to go to our own homerooms and study. And if you wanted to go to someone else's homeroom, you needed a pass from that teacher to get permission. January 19th. I had a really weird dream this morning. It started off by me asking Mr. Albert for a pass for ninth period. He told me that he'd think about it and told me to come back fifth period. So at fifth period, I knocked on the door and he decided to give me a pass. But then when ninth period came, I somehow was walking outside to his house. So I rang the doorbell, but ran outside to the bush because I was chicken. He walked out onto the porch and saw me hiding and told me to come in. (laughs) Mr. Albert showed me his house 
And then I see two girls sitting on the couch watching TV. I asked who they were. And he said his grandchildren. I was shocked. Then Dana Watson asked me what I was doing there. And I said, I got a pass. And she said, oh. Then I woke up. Pretty weird. January 20th. Today it snowed. Now we won't be having ninth period tomorrow because of a two-hour delay. That really stinks, because I was finally going to ask Mr. Albert for a pass. My dream made me realize that if I don't ask for a pass soon, I'll regret it and go nuts. <laughs> January 28th. Today I've been thinking about Mr. Albert again. I still haven't asked him for a pass yet, but that doesn't mean I haven't tried. I've tried to ask him a couple of times, but when I have, he's never been there. I can't wait till I finally ask him for a pass. I know I'd have such a great time with him, ninth period. February 2nd. Today was a great day. I decided to do something different, and I'm walking through the sixth grade hall when I see Mr. Albert in the hallway staring at me. So I decide that here's my chance. I'm going to ask him for a pass. So I run up to him. I ask him for a pass, and he says, sure. So ninth period came, and I come over and help grade tests and talk and stuff. <laughs> and when ninth period is over, I ask him for another pass on Friday, and instead, he gives me a permanent pass. He said that I can now come down whenever I want. I am so happy. So let me just say, getting that permanent pass was by far the highlight of my entire middle school career. I remember I even laminated it with clear plastic tape that I kept until last year, um, just in case I were to accidentally rip it. Needless to say, that was clearly a huge moment for me and my relationship with Mr. Albert. But, as all relationships go, uh, anxieties start to kick in and the emotional roller coaster started to take its course. <laughs> February 4th. I went to see Mr. Albert again and had so much fun. I went there and we played Boggle. But of course, I lost again, because for one, I suck at Boggle. And two, he's really good at it. I helped him clean his projector paper, and we talked and had a lot of fun. The only problem is, is that I'm wondering about coming in too much. I really like his homeroom, but I'm worried he might be getting annoyed with me. Life is so complicated. <laughs> February 9th, I went to see Mr. Albert again. 
I was kind of nervous that he wouldn't want me to stay because I visited yesterday too. But when I walked in, he seemed happy to see me. <laughs> March 14th. I kind of had a funny feeling today at Mr. Albert's. He was very busy, and basically I just felt like I wasn't there. I guess I just wanted a little more attention. <laughs> so, clearly, I was going through some ups and downs with Mr. Albert. <laughs> but I began noticing that as a pretty uncool seventh grader, I was becoming pretty popular with the sixth graders in Mr. Albert's homeroom. <laughs> March 28th. I went to Mr. Albert's, and that was so fun. It's kind of weird, though, how I have so many friends, I barely know any of their names. <laughs> I first get there, and everyone's saying hi to me. It's weird how everyone respects me in the sixth grade, but in the seventh grade, it's the complete opposite. <laughs> April 28th. I went to see Mr. Albert today and spent ninth period playing triple Yahtzee with Brian, Amanda, Topher, <laughs> Alyssa, and I forget the rest of their names. <laughs> May 12th. So I realized I hadn't wrote about Mr. Albert in a while. <laughs> I just write about him because when I grow, I want to read back and remember the greatest teacher I ever had. Um, so yesterday I went to Mr. Albert's and nobody was really there. So we got to talk instead of me always going to see Brian, Jesse, Shane, etc. <laughs> and we talked and laughed. And you know, that's one of the greatest things about him. He talks to you like a friend and not like a teacher. So as seventh grade came to a close, I was feeling pretty good. I was, you know, ending things on a good note with Mr. Albert. Um, honestly, as eighth grade came, uh, I started making more friends. Uh, friends in my actual grade, in my own age, and I found myself writing about them less and less. Um, of course, as the years went on, I have thought about them from time to time. Um, I have looked them up on Facebook and I cannot find them. It's so frustrating. Ugh, damn it. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really until I read this journal that I realized I had my very first crush is with Mr. Albert in the sixth grade. Um, and I didn't even know it at the time. Um, but what I do know now is I consider myself much less of a loner. Uh, I feel like I have a great group of friends uh, in D.C., all of whom I can remember their names. Thank you. And uh, the best part is they don't require a permanent pass to hang out. That was Patrick, reading aloud at Mortified, where his journal got us thinking, what if he ever got a chance to talk with Mr. Albert again? What would he say? I would like to tell him just the impact that he made on my life. Not in any gay or straight sense, but just being there as a friend and a mentor during that difficult time. And I really think would be nice if I could just say that what kind of impact he made for me growing up. Because sometimes such a small gesture by a teacher, like making up a new kind of pass, can make such a difference. I mean, it held a lot of meaning for me just because I felt that no matter what I was going through, no matter, you know, what time it was, like, I had someone there to talk to if I needed them. 
So it was, it was like the ultimate acceptance. You know, I felt finally accepted by someone. And I can't say I really felt that before then. But that's not the end of the story. Coming up... Oh my goodness. Hey, Mr. Albert. <laughs> you call me Chris. Stay with us. Welcome back to Stories Teachers Share, and thanks again to the Mortified Podcast for sharing Patrick's story with us. You might remember, Patrick spent a lot of time looking for Mr. Albert online. Well, it turns out, Mr. Albert was looking for Patrick, too. That's what he told us when I connected the two over Skype last week. You know, I just got on Facebook like a couple months ago, and I, I was looking at old student, former students, and I looked at you just like two weeks ago. Looked at, you know, I, I was Facebook stalking you. And I was checking out what you were, you were up to. It looked like you were having a good time in Chicago. <laughs> Wait, you were stalking him two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's such a coincidence. Mr. Albert was really tough to find, so it came as a real surprise to find out that he had been looking for Patrick, too. But until we connected, he hadn't heard Patrick's homage podcast episode. So I played it for Mr. Albert, with Patrick on the line, so he could hear it for the first time. No matter what I was going through, no matter, you know, what time it was, like, I had someone there to talk to if I needed them. So it was... It was like the ultimate acceptance. You know, I felt finally accepted by someone. And I can't say I really felt that before then. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Wow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Wow, I'm flattered, Patrick. I I, I didn't know I had that. I remembered the awkward stages, you know, oh, but I yeah. didn't know I had that much of an impact. I'm I'm glad that worked. I'm I'm glad you were happy because I I remember that very well. You know that uh, that pass. I did that for a couple of people, and you were one of them. Oh, well, it was. I mean, it I, it it was you know much appreciated, and again, it held a lot of meaning to me. You know, it was. And what I said was true. It was like, you know, that time was awkward for me and I'm sure many others, but, you know, I just didn't really have 
many people I felt like I could talk to. And, you know, you were there and you were, you know, really my, like one of my good friends in middle school. So, you know, it was nice to know that you were there to talk to whenever I needed you. Oh, thank you. That's this. This is the kind of things we live for as teachers. I don't, you know, every day I get the the parents who have their desktop set to my grade book, and and when their kid gets a their kid gets a zero, they come crashing in on me and you know screaming at me. You know, I don't often get the uh, the nice things like you just said there. That's that's very rewarding. That's what I live for. So I really appreciate your feedback and your your honesty. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, again, I don't, know, I can't say flattered enough but uh thank you well you certainly were my favorite teacher so i uh i can only imagine the impact you've made on other people that's good to hear thank you i was always curious what um you know and people had asked me when i did the podcast you know oh well you know how old was mr albert when you had him and and how old do you think he is now and i honestly i couldn't even i was like i think maybe he was late 20s when i had him but i i couldn't I had no idea. Like, well, how old were you when I had you? Uh, let's see. You're 28, and I'm 45. So um, <clears throat> when you were 11 or 12, you would have been 12 in seventh grade. Yeah. So I would have been, yeah, yeah, late 20s. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I guess. And yeah. Huh. Crazy to think that you know, someone like me in my age. Yes, exactly. Right. That's that's. Uh, I was you. Yep. I remember you were like the teacher everyone wanted. Uh, you were you <laughs> yeah. were the cool, fun teacher who had all the cool pets. Yeah, and, definitely. You, know, you were you were like the the outdoorsy sort of hip, and yeah, I mean, you just were you were definitely very involved with your students, and it showed. Thank you. Yeah, I, I still tried to do that, and you know, <laughs> all, all good teachers do that. It's not just me. Remember, they're all have students like you that we just haven't heard from i'm sure and uh, it's nice to hear from them now and then so keep that in mind tell your friends they get in touch with the teacher who who touched our life because it really my salary is nothing compared to what you just did for me right there oh well yeah you've made an impact on me too so i'm glad that uh i'm glad that it's mutual then <laughs> When I first connected with Mr. Albert, I told him a former student of his from 1999 had been looking for him. Even after all that time had passed, he instantly recalled wonderful details about Pat, like the time he drew a Harry Potter scar on his forehead and was the first person in school to do that. Mr. Albert still teaches, and Patrick is now an art director at a marketing firm in Chicago. I'm glad you're using your art. I'm really glad you went into that career because you were really good. I mean, I, I was impressed. Here's what else he remembers about Pat from that time. I remember his height. I remember uh, the Harry Potter. I remember him being very creative. Um, I remember him, the awkward stage. You know, <laughs> I remember, uh, I hoped that I was there for him and I wasn't, you know, a nuisance for him. I hoped that I helped him. I remember the permanent pass. Ninth periods are like a, it's, the teachers hate it because it's a free for all. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. Uh, I always had former students come back and help me grade tests and organize things. Patrick was very organized, and I'm I'm not so organized. So I would have him come back and take care of my construction paper, take care of my markers, you know, take care of whatever it was. And uh, so I just remember, you know, it was good memories. A lot of you know, it was flashback to you know the my late twenties. So it was a different time in my life, but uh, it was great. I look back at those times fondly. 
Yeah, when you when you come back to town, get in touch with me. I'd uh, definitely do uh, like the lunch or a cup of coffee or something somewhere. And so, if you ever get back in town, and you want to you know touch base with me, uh, do that, please. Sure, definitely, will do. Now that I now that we're you know Facebook friends, uh, it'll be a lot easier to keep in touch. That's it for today's episode of Stories Teachers Share, a production of MindShift and KQED. See ya. Bye, Mr. Robert. I'll talk to you soon. Our team includes Katrina Schwartz, Jacob Conrad, and Seth Samuel. Special thanks to Mr. Albert and Patrick Don and our friends at Mortified, the podcast by the Radiotopia Network from PRX. You can hear other stories live and via podcast at getmortified.com. And you can also get updates on Twitter at Mortified. And if you have a moment, can I ask you a favor? Would you take a minute, go over to iTunes and give us a grade? Write a review and tell us what you think. Your feedback helps teachers and teachers' pets find our podcast. And if you have a story you'd like to share with us, send us an email or a voice memo to mindshiftstories at kqed.org. And if you haven't reached out to a special teacher in your life, it's not too late. Tell your friends, get in touch with the teacher who, who touched our life because it really... My salary is nothing compared to what you just did for me right there. Listen to Mr. Albert. He knows what he's talking about. Thanks for joining us. On the next episode of our podcast, what happens when teachers play a prank on their students? I said, Mr. Julius, this isn't right. This is his job. He did say it was his job. And I said, you know what? You're right. It is his job. But sometimes people have to learn. And I don't know. <laughs> what does it even mean? Stories teachers share from MindShift and KQED. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.